Hello, this is Joe McGee. You know, we've been doing seminars across the country for years. Seminars on marriage, parenting, men, money, and family. We want to encourage you to email us and let us know if this podcast has helped you. Or maybe you have joined us live at one of our seminars. If you have a testimony, you just want to tell us what God's doing in your life, please email us at mail at joemcgeeministries.com or you can contact us through our website, joemcgeeministries.com. There you will find helpful articles and tools to help you grow in God, your marriage, and your family. We love you guys. We hope you enjoy the podcast. You know, for years I've traveled and uh, we've done seminars all over the country. And people ask me, they said, man, where did you learn the Bible? I said, well, I went to a really good Bible school and I got my degree in theology, but that is not where I learned the Bible. I learned a lot of theology and it was good, but I learned the Bible working with kids, high school kids, teenagers, my own kids, telling stories. And um, I got a great book one time years ago that's still in print, Eggermeyer's Children's Bible Storybook. And uh, I've gone through that book 10 times in 10 years because uh, I was teaching a, a chapel and uh, it was every day for about 50 minutes. And man, I was running out of sermons the first year. The good night, I thought I knew the Bible. I'm running out of stuff. So I got this Bible story book, and I would remember I would just read a page. And she took every major story in the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, and she had just a one page or a page and a half modern English. So I would get a go there, and all of a sudden I realized there was so much I'd never read. And, uh, and I'd read my Bible through several times. And, man, how did I miss that? So. These are kind of like great stories that'll build your faith. And uh, and one of my favorite, we start with David. Everybody knows David. David's kind of the big hero. And so not many people know the situation, how David got started. And so Saul's king and um, Israel, Israel had a king. God didn't want them to have a king. God led Israel through prophets. They had prophesied and give words, you know, that had people hear from God. And here's what God said. And, and here's what the people said to God. And so they had a, a prophetic system. And so they got mad and said, listen, we're tired of the prophet thing. We want a king. Give us a king. So the prophets praying to God and God said, well, give them one. You know, give them what, this is the better system, but give them what they want. And so Saul got selected. God said, okay, Saul, he'll be a good one. You know, uh, problem is, you know, with the new king comes taxes. There was no record of any taxes until they got a king. Well, the king has to have a place to live and a staff and a donkey to ride, you know. And so Saul's king and uh, he's doing really good and great things are happening. And, um, uh, it's an incredible story, but all of a sudden Saul began to kind of drift from God and do things that weren't God. And he's trying to kind of play God himself. And God finally got frustrated. And he, he tells Sammy, the prophet said, I'm through with Saul. He's done. I've talked to him and I've told him you're through. I'm going to get somebody to replace you. And so he tells Samuel, I've got up, I got a guy selected and he's over here in this other town. I need you to go over and do that. Well, Sammy says, look, Saul's king. If I go over telling somebody else he's king, I'm going to get myself killed and him killed. I can't do that. He said, well, just go over there and, and just worship God. Get you a heifer and go over there and, and sacrifice the heifer and invite this family, you know, and some other people. And they did because he goes to the town and he finds Jesse, you know, he's got this house full of boys and said so he invites Jesse to go. And so they have the sacrifice. And while he's there, he tells Jesse, listen, um, God has selected uh, your son king. And Jesse said, well, which son? He said, I'm not sure. So they line him up, oldest and the youngest, and, and, and Samuel's going through the crowd, and he sees the oldest kid. He looks like a king, got a king's face. You know, probably the oldest is always the best looking, the smartest. You know, he's been there. He's like an adult. He's not like a kid. So 
Sammy gets ready to pour the oil on his head, and God said, that's not him. I'm not picked him. Whoa. Well, it's probably the second born. Second born usually is always more aggressive than the first born. God, a little more things going on. So he gets ready to anoint him, the second born, and God said, that's not him. Ooh, that was close. So we get seven no's in a row. Seven boys, no, no, no. And he's thinking, what, what, what have I missed this? So he asked Jesse, do you have any more boys? He said, well, we've got one more, but he's out in the field with the sheep. We don't let him around. That smells like sheep. And Samuel says, well, go get him. Now, the Bible says, David, the ruddy, complected runt of the family. That's what the Bible says. The ruddy, complected runt of the family comes in, and Samuel looks at him. And one translation says, Samuel says to God, God, you've got to be kidding. He said, no, you're judging from the outside. I see his heart. This kid has a king's heart. Anoint him. And so Samuel poured the oil over his head in front of all the other guys. He said, you're our next king. God help us. You're it. And so evidently, and so David's there with the oil running down his face, spitting it out of his mouth. And so all of a sudden he says, well, okay, let's got to go back up to the sheep. Well, you would think his family would have been excited. Isn't this wonderful? Our brother's going to be the next king of Israel. They're so excited. No, they're not. They hated him for it. Three of his brothers eventually rode with Saul to kill a brother. It didn't make David popular. You know, when you get selected by God, it's going to, man, it's going to open up the windows of both places. So David's back out there and he's thinking, well, I'm king. Well, now God said he is the next king. I've seen his heart, but he's not ready to be king. He's going to have to be trained first. He's got the heart of a king, but he doesn't have the training of a king. So David goes back out, and it's sort of a nice story when you read through Samuel, and it's like all of a sudden David's watching the sheep, and the, why not a lion shows up. A lion's going to show up trying to kill the sheep. And David thinks, these are my father's sheep. I can't let that happen. So he attacks the lion, and he kills the lion. Now all he's got is a slingshot. He kills the lion. There's a big wrestle match, and he's thinking after he kills the lion, man, that was close. That was close, man. My dad's sheep almost got killed. I could have got killed. Man, that was close. And it almost like God said to him, well, son, that, that, don't worry about that. That's the last lion. No more lions. A week later, he's out there with the sheep, and this gnarly, nasty bear shows up, attacking the sheep again. David has to attack the bear and kill the bear. He said, man, I don't hope, I hope I don't have to do that again. Killed a lion last week, killed a bear this week. And you can almost hear God say, well, son, you don't have to worry about it. That's the last bear. Then a few days later, dad comes out and says, son, I need you to go visit your brothers. They're in the army with Saul, and there's a great battle going on. I need you to find out how they're doing, so I want you to take some cheese sandwiches over to them. you know." And so David shows up at the battlefield. He's looking for his brothers, and the brother said, what are you doing here? Go home, you little runt. He said, well, I brought you some food. Dad said, some food. I want to see how everybody's doing. Well, we're fine. Get out of here. And, and they're ridiculing, making fun of him. And so David keeps pressing him. What's going on? Well, there's this big ugly guy down there in the field now. I've been to Israel several times. And it's really just a big ditch. Uh, the hillside's maybe 20, 25 feet. And it's just a very big ditch. It's not like a mountain. And so Israel's army's on this side. The Philistine army's on the other side. And this big 10-foot, 2-inch, 6-fingered giant is there in the middle. He said, where did they, where did the giant come from? Did Mama eat a lot of, feed him a lot of corn and cornbread and bacon? No. No, he's a half-breed between a fallen angel and a human. And that's a whole diff different story. So anyhow, David looks at him and he said, well, what's the deal? Well, nobody will fight him. The brother said, get out of here. Nobody will fight the big ugly guy. And David says, I'll fight him. 
So you're crazy. Get out of here. No, I'll fight him. Well, word gets back to King Saul. Now, Saul's not a small guy. He's a pretty big boy himself, but he's no 10-foot, 2-inch guy. And so they bring David in. So who are you? He said, well, I'm David, and I'll kill this guy for you. And he said, what? He said, yeah, I've killed a lion. I've killed a bear. God will help me kill this thing. This is a, David's words were, this is an uncircumcised Philistine. He has no covenant with God. He's a half-breed between a fallen nature and a human. He has no covenant with God. I, I have a covenant with God. God will be with me. So Saul's like, well, okay. So Saul tries to put his armor on him. They're trying to dress this little kid in all this armor. He said, I can't wear this stuff. It's too heavy. This is not how I do it. So they take the armor off. They send David out. And again, it's maybe 20, 25 feet tall. And the Bible says David comes running down this hill with this sling over his head. He's got a sack with about five stones in it. He's slinging this stone. He's going to attack and kill this giant. And the Bible says Goliath looks at this little kid running down the hill yelling at him because David's mounting the whole way down. I'm going to take your head off, feed your carcass to the fowls of the air. I mean, David's running his mouth like normal teenagers. Saul is just shocked. Uh, uh, Goliath is shocked. So Goliath turns around to his armor bearer standing with him who carries his shield. He turns and says, who is this runt? And what does he want? And when he turns back around to look at David, a rock hits him right between the eyeballs. And he falls over dead. David killed Goliath. And so he takes his head off and all of a sudden... The Israeli army got boldness. They thought, man, if that kid can do that, he, he said this was God. Hey, we're people of God. And so all of a sudden, the Israeli army comes down the hill attacking the Philistines, and the Philistines are running for their life because their big giant guy is dead, and they're running for life. And so God gave them a great victory that day. And David went on to become, you know, something amazing. So everybody said, man, because uh, he had asked earlier when he was talking, you know, to Saul, what happens when I kill this big, ugly guy? Now, most people don't get into this part of the sermon. But if you read through Samuel, it's incredible. He says, listen, I'm going to do this because this thing doesn't have a covenant with God. But is there a reward for doing this? He said, well, yeah, there is. You get a big sack of gold and you get to marry the king's daughter. And David sort of in essence said, well, where do I sign? Because I'm going to kill him anyhow because he doesn't have a covenant with God. But there, if there is a reward, I would like that. <laughs> I would like that. So after he killed, the Bible says, after he killed Goliath, the women all over the country began to sing songs about David. And here's what they sang. Saul's killed his thousands. David's killed his ten thousands. It's almost like by that night, posters of David went up on every wall in every room in the house. Women loved David. They wanted to suck the lips off his face. David probably didn't have a date before, but all the women wanted to date him. Ooh, he's a hero. You know, and, he, and he has a favorite and God's with him. And so Saul brings David in and he makes him king over his whole army. Saul became, Saul makes David king. This, this shepherd boy run is now a king. And then Saul puts him in charge of the praise and worship in the palace. So David is now in charge of the praise and worship. He's now the king of the army. It's like in one 24 hour period, he goes from a shepherd boy taking cheese sandwiches to being who's who and what's what. Well, after a while, Saul got mad, and of course, he's not with God anymore, and he's the devil's messing with him. All of a sudden, one day, David's leading praise and worship, and King Saul chunks the spear at David's head, and it just missed him. He said, whoa. And a few days later, he chunks another spear, and then he'd, he'd sin and he'd repent. He'd sin and repent. Eventually, David's running for his life, running through the wilderness, and so he's got to run from Saul. So 
I go from being a shepherd boy to taking some sandwiches to my brother to killing the big ugly guy. I became king. I'm charging praise and worship, and now I'm running for my life. And the Bible says he's running through the field out there and getting. He falls into a hole in the ground. David falls in a hole in the ground. And so he's down there breathing heaven. Man, I about got killed. I about got killed. And the Bible says eventually other people started to find David. The Bible says 400 misfit, uh, un, unemployed, poor people found him in that hole in the ground. David said, I'm out here running for my life. And the only people that found me are other people who also don't have a life of their own. They don't have a job. They don't have sandals. They're running for their life. And so he's sitting there one night with 400 other misfits, poor, uneducated, unemployed people. And all of a sudden, the Bible says a kid stuck his head over that hole. Said, hey, David, are you down there? They said, oh, man, somebody's found us. And because there's, there's caves all over the ground out there. It's just amazing. And he says, who is it? And it was this kid said, well, God sent me over here, said our town is being attacked. And God said, you would come help us. Well, the Bible says David turned to the 400 people in the cave. Now, listen, guys, it's a cave. There's no Coleman ladder. There's no bottled water. There's no blanket. There's no food. We got nothing. And the Bible says David turned to these 400 people. Hey, guys, this kid, his town needs some help. We're not doing anything. Let's go help them. And the men responded, we can't go. We don't have anything ourselves. We're starving. Half of us don't even have sandals. We got no weapons. We're not going to do it. And the, David turned around and kisses. They don't want to go. And God said, make them go. Now, we do not have a clue of what David said, but it must have been phenomenal. But it's not recorded in the Bible. David turned around and whatever he said inspired those 400 misfit, unemployed, sandalous people to go with David. And they went over to this town to help this kid. They attacked the enemy and they had a great victory. David's there after that great victory. And it was an incredible battle. And David said, well, what do I do now, God? He said, well... They're all dead. Take their stuff. And he said, what? Yeah, take their stuff. So they came back to the cave that night wearing new clothes and new sandals, got their own swords, riding their own donkeys, and, and bags full of food. And they're sitting there that night and I'm thinking, hey, you know, this went pretty good today. It's good to go help other people. When you go help other people, you get helped yourself. And it's like a sowing and reaping. And the Bible says, you know, seven years later, David's army rode out of those caves, and they never lost a battle. God was with him. God's helping all the time. God loves to show off. God is a show off. The Bible says, not many mighty, not many wise. God uses simple people. And I have people all the time, well, I'm not smart enough. You know, I didn't finish school. I don't have a high IQ. I don't have any gifts. No, no, God is a show off. God's looking for somebody to show up. God's not looking for strong people. He's looking for somebody he can be strong in and through. So guys, take courage today. God loves everybody. He said the hairs of our head are numbered. The days of our life are numbered. He'll order our steps, direct our paths, guide us in all truth. He'll talk to us when we go to sleep, when we wake up and we walk during the day. God will never leave us nor forsake us. There are tests and trials a lot, but he promised that we would overcome, be more than a conqueror. So let's get some boldness about it. Let's start building up ourselves on our most holy faith. Let's live the life God intended us to live. Let's go have some victory. God bless, guys. Hey, thanks for listening today. Be sure to join us Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to hear more of what God can do in your life. He's got a great future for you and your family, and we are here to help you get there. Make sure and go to our website, joemiggyministries.com. We've got all sorts of materials, books, DVDs, you name it, all there to help you, your marriage, and your family succeed.